This is a proud production of ITM Media. Good day to everyone out there listening to Rambling About Race in episode 176, reviewing the Indianapolis road course, which was, I have to say, one of the better road course races I have seen in quite some time as far as the Cup Series is concerned. And going to preview for another upcoming most, another, I guess you could say, ground jewel when it comes to road courses as far as history is concerned, the Watkins Glen International Raceway from the beautiful Finger Lakes region of the state of New York. I'm Matt, flying solo once again, Beamer, without Preston Lude or anybody else here this episode of Rambling About Racing, but that's okay. I've flown solo once. I can fly solo once. Anytime I feel like it, when it comes to it, I feel like at this point, that's okay. We're going to have a great show for you, whether you're listening to us on your regular podcast platform or watching old shows of Rambling About Racing and... Or, I should say, episodes of when we used to be called In the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast. Crack open a beer with me if the time and place allows it. And we're going to go ahead and get into it. But before that, everything's going well here. Daughter's a little under the weather due to, it seems like, a tooth issue. And she's teething. She's growing. She's a year and a half now, which is hard to believe. If you remember back, I think it was a not-so-hot night. In 2022, the world was introduced to her here on Rambling About Racing when Preston and I were live and we were able to do the show, and, and that's quite all right. That was a fun time. But, hey, Preston is unfortunately not here today. It's just me again. But everything else is going well. Work's going well. Can't complain about that. Been getting a lot of golf and maybe start another podcast here about golf uh called the enthusiastic amateur i have no idea how to golf i'm horrible at it well i i know how to golf but i'm I'm just not good at it but i look good doing it but we're glad you're here wherever you are in the great united states of america or around the world we got fans listening in australia hope everything's good down under there and it's not too cold for you down there because we wish we were cold sometimes up here with the heat indexes in the 112s at least in the state of south carolina but everything's going well here. We're just going to go ahead and get into Hey Man. Folks, it's been a while since I did an update on our stores at Teespring and Bonfire. But guess what? They're still there. All your latest and greatest rambling about racing merchandise from t-shirts, hoodies, hats, pint glasses, so much more can be found at teespring.com and our bonfire stores just follow the links in the you in the podcast description or i guess we could say youtube descriptions as well if you're watching us on youtube and head over there to our stores and you can find all the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear including our lineup from bonfire or anyone but lineup yes our anyone but lineup if you don't like if you don't like a driver buy the shirt that you say anyone but my personal favorite chase elliott and go ahead and wear that around the track. And you might have to buy a beer or two for people. But, hey, it's all in good fun here. We're all race fans here. Head over to those stores. That's Teespring and Bonfire. Again, links in the podcast description and YouTube descriptions. Go check them out.
Hey man. Hey man. And hey man, presented here by Devos Outdoor Lining. Head over to devosoutdoor.com for use discount code Ramblin for 10% off your order. That will definitely help out the show. The lights are good not only for tailgating, but for camping and emergency situations, outdoor patio space. It's an overall good product. Head over to Devos Outdoor. Links will be in the podcast description below. Getting into it now, because this is going to be a relatively short episode, I feel. We had three races this past weekend for Trucks Xfinity Cup, Trucks at IRP, Xfinity and Cup at the Indianapolis Road Course, and two races coming up here this weekend at Watkins Glen for the Xfinity and Cup. The Formula One series has been, is going to be racing not this weekend, but next weekend. We'll definitely review it. I believe we'll review it. If not, no, we won't. And I don't think blind spotting will either. So unfortunately, you're gonna have to forego a weekend of a week, another week of no Formula One reviews here or previews here. But we can probably foresee the future if you have a magic crystal ball and know that Max Verstappen and Red Bull is gonna win it. Just gonna go out on a limb and say it. We're gonna be talking about the Indy Road Course races for the Xfinity and Cup. Overall, the weekend was good. I was quite surprised how good the race was. And I think this goes to show that you don't need a bunch of cautions and you don't need stage racing in order to make the racing exciting. And if it could work on a road course, which if you're an avid listener of our show, you will know that road course racing and I are like oil and water. We just don't mix. I'm not a big fan of it, but it was a good race. A very good race from the cup side. The Xfinity side, you could go ahead and, again, if you're an avid listener of the show, know what I'm going to say. Cup drivers should not be racing in Xfinity races whatsoever, especially this close to the playoff. And Ty Gibbs, I guess he needed a boost of morale and decided, hey, I need to go down to the Xfinity series and win one of these races and then come back and do nothing in the cup series race. But the overall weekend was good. Now, I'm excited about this. I'm hearing whispers around the racing world that the Indianapolis road course, and it's not official yet, but the Indianapolis road course is going to be ceased to exist here in the 2024 season. And the reason I say that is just looking at a post from the Indianapolis raceway shortly after the cup series race wrapped up there of a gen seven car racing on the oval. And I'm sure everybody else has seen it by now that it is looking like we might be going back to the Oval. Now, I, for one, am very happy about that to see a Oval car or Oval track configuration come back, especially at a track like Indianapolis. Now, that's not saying that the road course hasn't been hampered with issues and it has and and everybody knows what those issues were especially the first year we raced there but the road course will always hold a special memory to me because in 2004 for a graduation present from high school I got a I got the privilege of seeing a Formula One race there and seeing Michael Schumacher win a race and 
not many people in America, I feel, can say that. Because at the time, that was when Formula One was starting to come back, and we were fortunate enough to have the to go and watch the race. It just worked out perfectly before I went to boot camp. But when it comes to the Oval, I think more people were recognize the Oval as the crown jewel event. And here a few years ago when NASCAR for went the Oval and went to the road course, it was to liven things up. They want to keep it there at the crown, at the, really the world center of racing. But they don't want, and they, but they want to change it up. And NASCAR chases its tail, I feel, trying to make these races entertaining for the fans and keep it entertaining for the fans. But it's just not really, I think, in the long run, what their fans want. I mean, they went a few years ago with that low horsepower, high down force package with the large spoiler. Hopefully, I guess one day to just slow the car down in front and have to big such a big drafting situation where the cars will be able to pass just like IndyCar. And it was just not what it was back in the day. And I think really when you think about it, that the the oval, in a sense, when they raced there in 1994 and Jeff Gordon won, was a crown jewel event. Right off the bat, it was a crown jewel event. And when NASCAR took that away because the racing was boring and and the stands weren't getting filled. Well, I don't remember the last time the stands have always been filled at NASCAR. Even in the early 2000s, they weren't always full. But at the same time, when you look at it like this, I mean, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is known for Oval racing, especially with stock cars, it's most definitely with Indy cars. I mean, Indy car tries to have this thing where they race a tandem weekend with NASCAR, and it, I don't think I mean just seeing it in the last couple of years does not help either series unless it's on the oval. I think if the Brickyard, I mean, I don't think this is going to happen because the Coke Six Hundred happens during the Indianapolis Five Hundred, but if NASCAR an IndyCar race the oval together, I or any oval track for that matter, I think you're going to see a big following, especially for those who are there. Now, the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast, Travis and Michael, brought it up last week. If you happen to catch their show, and if not, listen to their show next week to hear the Walking Glens review and the Daytona preview. They made it a good point that if it, it's a doubleheader weekend for Indian NASCAR, but unless you're going to the race, you're not going to take the time if you're an avid stock car fan to watch the NASCAR race and vice versa. If you're an avid Indy car fan or open wheel fan, you're not going to take the time to watch stock car racing unless you're there. Idea was sound, but it's just not working out, I think, for the way NASCAR or IndyCar anticipated it for it to work out. Or else those stands would have been packed. And like I was going at before I went down the tangent right there, and if it was being ran on the Indianapolis 500 weekend and half NASCAR there, that'd be great. That's not going to happen because right after the Indy 500 is the Coca-Cola 600 there at Charlotte, a, a crown jewel event. So it's just one of those things where it, it was great on paper. They gave it a go, and they, I commend NASCAR for trying, but at the same time, it was a, against the grain when it comes to the fans, I feel. But I think next year, if the rumors hold true and NASCAR 
brings back the oval at Indianapolis, we're going to see a decent race. Heaven forbid, and heaven forbid, there is a tire issue or anything like that with the Gen 7 car in Indianapolis Motor Speedway, shades of 2008. It would be horrible not only for NASCAR, but for Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and that's why we don't see the stands full like it is now. Plus, I, I think everybody just got used to it, and now it's taken away. People want to go back, just like North Wilkesboro, just like Rockingham, if the rumors hold true on that as well. A lot to give and take there, and I think we will see it back. But a great race weekend, not only for the fact that we're hearing that, not necessarily that we're hearing that the Oval might come back, which makes it a good race weekend, but it goes to show that you don't need a lot of cautions for a good race, and you don't need stage racing for a good race. Although stage racing was part of it, it wasn't the center of it. It didn't cause any cautions. And I think NASCAR needs to take this and go, this is great. We can still have stage race and a race to race within the race, if you want to call it, and not slow down the pace of the race. There was one caution early in the race for three laps. And then from the restart on, it was green flag racing for two hours. A lot of people might call that a boring race. Not me. The race was perfect. It flowed great. You're, and, of course, if you're like me, seeing Michael McDowell just dominate the race and Chase Elliott coming up, the tinfoil hats go on, and you're thinking he's gonna, they're gonna, NASCAR's going to throw a caution because, heaven forbid, Chase Elliott doesn't make the chase this year or the playoffs this year, which is a distinct possibility going into two races to go. But, heaven forbid, Chase Elliott doesn't make it. So I was expecting that caution. I'm sure just like everybody else watching the race with me, but it was a good race. It was a good flowing race. Strategy was involved. Pit strategy was involved. Fuel mileage. Everything you could think of. And Michael McDowell had to run the race of his life. It wasn't like a Daytona where one could look at that as a fluke. And really, honestly, you could probably look at that Daytona 500 victory a couple of years ago as a fluke. That this guy is probably never going to win again. He won one. He's done. But No. Now I think you have to look at it like Michael McDowell and Front Row Motorsports is now a true playoff contender. They're going for it. And it isn't like they just backed into this one. They weren't 25th in points, and they just had everything clicked. No, he was right there in the playoffs the whole time. If the playoffs started this weekend, he would have been in the playoffs. So he's been running consistently all year. That team has been running consistently all year. I think Michael McDowell's finally getting good equipment underneath him. And now we're seeing his true talent. We're seeing what he's really capable of. And if I was any and if I was anybody else in that field, maybe a Stuart Haas racing, I'd be wanting to step it up. Because not only or if I was a Stuart Haas racing, I'd be wondering what are the other Fords got that we don't? Because RFK with two wins in a row with Busher and then McDowell winning an Indy. Wow. All the other Fords are now starting to pick it up. Either they were playing it close to the chest or they were just really struggling at the first part of the year. But I think it's a little bit of both. They maybe were struggling, but why not strike right before the playoffs? We have two more races to go. Another road course and a super speedway race in Daytona. I guess you could say, just like, and I agree with the guys from Blind Spotting, two wildcard races coming up where anybody can win. That is within the... Points uh, eligibility line, I think that's 30th. But what a great race. Michael McDowell winning, getting to celebrate that with his family. And if 
And if you weren't happy about that with Michael McDowell celebrating with his family, then I don't know what was wrong with you because I was sure happy for him. But the race had a good flow. This is being the Indianapolis Cup race. It's not a fluke anymore that Michael McDowell is in the position that he's in at Front Row Motorsports or in the NASCAR world as it is because he's doing very well. And the points don't lie. The consistency doesn't lie. Six top tens, two top fives, and now a win. One DNF. He's doing better than Logano when it comes to DNFs. Maybe not as far as top tens and top fives, but he's doing he's he's finishing races. He's doing better than Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson when it comes to DNFs. Nobody thinks about that. In order to finish first, you must first finish. And Michael McDowell has one DNF. Everybody else in the top 16 has a DNF with the exception of two right now as, as far as points, and that's Stenthouse, surprisingly enough, and Bubba Wallace. But you got to give it to Michael McDowell. He did everything right. He did everything he needed to do. And now he's in the playoffs. And I think, and I'm making a bold prediction here before the playoffs start, I think he's going to go past around the 12, uh, 16 now into the round of 12, maybe even, to, even into the round of eight. Because he's been running that consistently all year. And the only person that could stop Michael McDowell right now is Michael McDowell. And we got another road course coming up. He's proven he's won on road courses before, but we'll get more into that later. But that was, overall, uh, the race was great. And I'm not going to even harp on the Xfinity series. Because I think it could have been just as good of a race as the cup race if drivers don't come down. And I've said it once on the show. I'll say it again. I don't like it. I don't care what your stance on it is. I mean, there's no justification for it, especially with four races to go in the playoffs and last week being five races to go in the playoffs before the Xfinity Series playoffs starts at Bristol. There's no excuse for it. Drivers coming down are taking points away from those other drivers. If you want a trophy that bad, go race local short track race on Saturday night. A lot of drivers do that. I'm not a big You know what? Not even going to beat the dead horse on that because we'd be here for five hours. Me just ranting and raving about bushwhackers. And early on in my fandom, I would say, oh, yeah, that's great. You know, when other drivers come on here, like I think it was uh, Brian Barnhill and Stephen Mazzali saying, hey, I don't mind it at all. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, you say that here, but I mean, come on. But, hey, they get to decide what they like and don't like. And it's the top 34, by the way, in points at the cutoff here, apparently, now instead of the top 30. But overall, great race weekend at Indianapolis for the Xfinity and Cup, especially the Cup Series. If you weren't a fan of that race, I don't know what's wrong with you. And that's me not being a road course fan saying that. And now switching gears to the Truck Series race from the IRP or the Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park. IRP just sounds better on paper and it flows off the tongue better, if you ask me. Time is just keep winning it. And this is and that race started their playoffs in, there in the Truck Series, which I feel like it was kind of a... I wish they would have hyped it up better. But at the same time, it, it's one of those things where... It used to be that the playoffs all started at Darlington. That was to start of the playoffs, whether you're Xfinity, Truck, or Cup. And now it's flip-flopped this year, and unfortunately, I haven't been keeping up with it like I should because life has gotten in the way. But at the same time, 
10 drivers in it for the Cup Series race. The guys from Blind Spawning put it all out there on the board right there. And they have started their playoffs. And they have started their playoff run to the championship after racing towards the finish line here at Phoenix, which means the season is starting to wrap up. So get your NASCAR in as it is. And I got right here in my notes. Who, what driver stood out? Of course, Ty Majeski stood out right there winning. He's already advanced round into the next round of the playoffs. But another driver, you got to give it to Carson Hosevar, Corey Heim. Grant Infinger didn't really show up like the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast did, but it's okay. It is what it is at that point. That's, now, what's disappointing here? Two drivers outside the cut line here, and that would be Matt Crafton and Matt De, and Matt De Benedetto. The, the battle of the Matts trying to get out of that bottom thing. I want to see De Benedetto get out of there. We saw him win his first race there at Talladega last year. That was fun. Matt Crafton is a proven champion in the sport. Matt Crafton has proven that you don't need to win a race to win a championship. He proved it a few years ago. Do they have what it has to go into the next round? Maybe. Maybe not. It's going to be a short run if they do. But I hope that they can get their act together and make it competitive here. Their next race is not this weekend, but next weekend, I believe, at Kansas. Actually, it's September 8th in Kansas. Sorry, August 27th at the Milwaukee Mile. So the guys from Blind Spotting NASCAR Podcast will take care of that for you in here in 10 days. But yeah, Time and Jeske winning. Congratulations to him. He might be a good championship contender coming up here. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. All right, before we continue on here with this episode, wanted to tell you, remind everyone out there about our partnership with Devo's Outdoor Lining, where you could get any type of lining for any type of situation that you will need, whether it's tailgating, camping, emergency roadside stuff. Devo's Outdoor Lining has you covered. Been a proud partner of the show for a year now, and I figured with all their help and generosity for the show, they deserve their own ad read, and so I'm going to give it to them right now. Head over to DevosOutdoor.com, use discount code RAMBLING at checkout, and you will receive 10% off of your order. And that would not only help us out here at Rambling About Racing, but you get quality lights for any situation that you will need. Again, whether it's tailgating, outdoor, barbecue, camping, you name it, you Devil's Outdoor Lining has you covered as far as illumination for your party or emergency roadside situation. Not hoping that you'll get into that. But Devil's Outdoor Lighting has you covered. Links for those can be also be found in the podcast description and YouTube description should you be watching us on YouTube. So head over to DevilsOutdoor.com. Use discount code RAMBLING for 10% off of your order. Switching gears now, getting ready for the Watkins Glen race coming up here, the historic Watkins Glen race. And it was only yesterday where I feel like in 2016, 20, no, 2014, I believe, my wife and I, along with Charlie, made our trip up there to see Watkins Glen. And it was such a fun race weekend seeing A.J. Allmendinger score his first career victory. And I've got to see Marcus Ambrose win in what was then the Nationwide Series. If you ever get a chance, go up and see Watkins Glen. There's so much to do up there. It's a beautiful part of the country, and it's not as hot as one would think. It was actually quite nice while we were there this time of year. So 
especially if you're from the South and you're used to a bunch of humidity. That was a fun race. A lot of good fans up there. And the beer flowed just as good as one would think at Talladega. So Watkins Glen this weekend for the Xfinity and, and the Cup race. What's to be expected? I think it's crunch time, especially if you're in the striking distance when it comes to the standings, especially for the playoffs. I'm talking the Daniel Suarez. I'm talking the Chase Elliott's, Alex Bowman's, A.J. Allmendinger's, Ty Gibbs. He's right up there. He's in, the, he's in sniffing range. He's 49 points back. But right now, if you're, I think anybody below the cut line right now, that being, I'm going to just read the top, top five right there that are below the cut line starting in 17th with Daniel Suarez, Ty Gibbs, Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, and A.J. Allmendinger. You're in a must-win situation. In fact, everybody all the way down to 34th, Mike Rockefeller, which for somehow, I don't know how he's doing this, is beating Noah Gregson. That's not right. That doesn't seem right at all. No, well, Noah Gregson's was suspended, but I think you should go back and listen to the guys from uh, NASCAR Blind Spotting Podcast. If you haven't already heard what Noah Gregson did, I'm not going to beat the dead horse here because my opinions are mine and whatever. It is what it is at this point. It's all about image these days with everybody. But everybody below the cut line is in a must win. And I dare say, even if you're a Bubba Wallace, you're thinking, I must win. But let's just say this. Let's just put out the scenario. scenario. Say Justin Haley comes out of nowhere and wins, bumps Bubba Wallace out. And then you have every, and then you, you would have two drivers not locked in on wins. And that would be Kevin Harvick and Brad Kislowski. In fact, you could throw anybody in there. It doesn't have to be Justin Haley. He was just the first name I came across that I would think would be pretty cool to see win. But then you head over to a track like Daytona here in the next couple of weeks, and the guys from Blind Spotting will talk to you about that next week, where anybody can win. A Ty Dillon could win and lock himself in the playoffs. A Chase, El- Chase Briscoe. But right now, if you're Chase Elliott, you're feeling pretty good going to Watkins Glen. Side of his first career win a few years ago. That was right before the whole, if everybody remembers, the whole Brian France incident where he got caught dry, drinking and driving and pretty much ruined his whole career. But Jim France luckily took over the reins of NASCAR and is slowly correcting the ship. It's not there yet, but it's not going backwards like the way Brian ran it. You're, you're excited. If, but, yeah, if you're a Chase Elliott fan or Chase Elliott himself or that number nine Napa team, you're excited about this weekend. If you're Daniel Suarez, I would say you're pretty confident about this weekend. I mean, if you're somewhat in a race, a road course savvy guy, which I, I think all these guys are, there's no really bad road course racers nowadays, I feel. Like back in the early 2000s where they bring in like Boris Said and Carl Long, not Carl Long, and some other road course ringers in order to try to gain the maximum amount of points they can for the team. But it isn't like that anymore. We got all-around good drivers here, and I think the Chase Elliott's and the A.J. Allmendingers have a shot at winning this weekend. Even the Eric Amarola, Ryan Priest might have a good run this weekend. Little Joy, I mean, there's so many possibilities here, and anything can happen. And if we see a race this weekend like we saw last weekend, it's anybody's game at Watkins Glen, and it's going to be so much fun to watch for both the Xfinity and the Cup race. 
Now, the Xfinity race, I'm going to kind of boycott here because Kyle Busch will be racing in that race. And I hate to say it, but I don't want to watch a race where, it's, like I said, with four races to go, where cup drivers come down and take points away from the Xfinity Series guys. So I'm probably going to boycott the race. I'm going to tell you who I think will win. But I'm not a big fan of that. I think Kyle Busch should respect it and sit out. But that's that's just me. But can Chase Elliott make it? That's one of the things on my on my notes here. Is Chase Elliott is in a must win with two races to go before the playoffs. Does this put more pressure on Elliott? Short answer, yes. Long answer, but he's won at Watkins Glen before a couple times. He knows how to get around it. He knows how to do well there. The only way Chase Elliott loses and beats himself is through himself and or through the team. Daniel Suarez was in a prime position to win this past weekend, but as he said perfectly in his post-race interview, we win together and we lose together. Good man, Daniel. It wasn't anybody's fault. It is just one of those racing incidences that happened. And unfortunately, it happened to you. But you took the high road, and I commend you for that. So, bravo to you, Daniel, on that. I think it was a good, calm interview he gave there post-race at Indianapolis. So, yeah, the, Chase Elliott's worst enemy right now was Chase Elliott. If he doesn't make a mistake this weekend, I think he has a chance to win. If he does have to make a mistake this week, if he does, I should say, make a mistake this weekend... He has no one else to blame but himself for putting him in this position, not only for the injury, but for the one-race suspension as well. The fact that he hasn't run all the races, that he's missed seven races, and is in this position is beyond me. In the early 2000s, he would have been out of it. Championship consensus, you might as well be looking forward to next season. Of course, in the playoff system now, in the point system we have now, everybody has a shot. So he has a shot. I'm going to beat the dead bush on this. But Chase Elliott should be considering himself fortunate that he is in the position that he is in, having 17 starts of the season. No wins. Three DNFs. He has nobody else to blame but himself. I must say, it is what it is when it comes to that. And only, this is surprising enough, and I don't know if anybody out there keeps track of this as well, 39 laps led. That's not very Chase Elliott-like. That's not very championship contender-like. But I did see this tweet. It was a fake Bob podcast tweet saying, regardless if the playoffs is full, they're going to add him in the 17th spot because he's the most popular driver. I wouldn't put it past NASCAR for doing that. Kind of like what they did with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jeff Gordon missing it, missing the, the 10 race, the ten driver playoff when the playoffs started. And, oh, we need to put in wild cards. Oh, we need to expand the field to 12 and 14. And then, oh, geez, we need to do all this to ensure that the most popular draws get it. Chase Elliott's a popular draw. If he doesn't make it this year, watch, watch the playoff system change. Watch. But again, that's tinfoil hat conspiracy theory talk right there. But upcoming race, that's all I got for Indianapolis. In fact, that's all I got for the show. We're about to head into our final thoughts here. But before we do that, here are the start times for this weekend's races. The Xfinity race will be Saturday, August 19th at 3.30 p.m. At p.m. Eastern Standard Time on USA. And the Cup Series... From Sunday, August 20th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on USA. From the famed Watkins Glen International Raceway, here are my picks to win. For the Cup Series, Daniel Suarez, I believe, rebounds from Indianapolis Road Course and wins it, locks himself in, knocks Bubba Wallace out. 
and puts all the pressure on everybody else that is not locked in to win because then at that point, realistically, there are two spots left, but there could be only one spot there. Who gets it, Harvick or Kozlowski? Because both are pretty close. Only two points separate them. So Harvick better not beat himself, and Kozlowski better not beat himself. Here coming up with two races to go. It's going to be very exciting watching that. And for the Xfinity Series with four races to go, given his road course success, Parker Kligerman punches his ticket into the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoffs off with a win at the Watkins Glen International Raceway for the Xfinity Series, hopefully beating Kyle Busch in that endeavor. And But we will have to wait and see on that. A short show, everybody. Again, I wish Preston was here. If you know Preston by any chance or follow him on Twitter, that's P underscore Luda on Twitter, make sure to tweet him and say, hey, get your butt back to rambling about racing. We, we would love to hear what you have to say about that. But, folks, I have nothing else here. I'm, you're just going to hear me waste oxygen right here. We're going to go ahead and get into our final thoughts, fantasy standings this week in NASCAR and wrap up the show. We're wrapping up this episode, and a fun episode it's been, but we have to tell you about one more partner here, and that is Fanatics, who has been a partner of Rambling About Racing since even when we were called in the Marvel's Weekly Racing Podcast. Find the latest and greatest NASCAR gear from T-shirts, hoodies, hats, diecast from all your favorite drivers, as well as NASCAR merchandise. Like, I'm a big fan of the golf bag right now. Probably won't get it, but big fan of it. But if that's your thing, you could buy anything you want there. But it's only not just NASCAR stuff. I buy all my Alabama gear from there for the upcoming Crimson Tide season coming up. My Washington Capitals gear fan. Any sport you could think of, Fanatics has you covered. Follow the links in the podcast description and YouTube descriptions for our show in order to take you to the link that will give you all access to all Fanatics. All proceeds will help out help us out here at belly up sports as well as here at rambling about racing so for all your sports gear needs go check out fanatics and they got you covered white flag white flag white flag white flag white flag one lap to go one lap right here Final thoughts on this week's episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you for taking the last about 30 minutes and, and sitting down and just hissing to me. Talk about the world of auto racing. Really do appreciate it. And make sure to go follow us on all social media platforms. We'll reiterate that at the end of the show like I always do. And if you guys don't mind, if this is your first time listening or 176th time listening to the show when you haven't already, leave us a comment or leave us a rating there on Spotify or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, especially Apple Podcasts, our number one podcast listening site, make sure to leave us a comment and a rating. We read all the comments. Now we got another rating. So now we went from 23 five-star reviews to now 24 five-star reviews. So appreciate whoever did that. And leave us a comment. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Let us know if we suck. Let us know if we're awesome. I don't care. Let us know. Let us know what we can improve on because we want to bring you guys the best possible show we can. And that being said, 
we wanted to we want to bring you guys the best. We were hoping for a lot more this year than we did, and some came to fruition and some didn't. But that's life, as the great singer and songwriter Frank Sinatra says. That's life. It is what it is. But I'm hoping that maybe season six will bring further expedition, a further reach that we've never had in the show before to you guys. And I'm hoping that that we could bring guys the best racing podcast that beats Door Bumper Clear, that beats the Dale Jr. Download. I don't think we'll ever have the clout that those guys do because Dirty Mo Media, what is when they have Dale and our Jr. behind them? It is what it is. Whatever, wherever you. Like I said, wherever you guys listen to it and whatever you guys think of the show, it would help us out tremendously if you leave us a like, if you leave us a comment, and if you definitely leave us a rating on your podcast platform. We really do appreciate it. Again, we do read them, and we would really get like to hear your inputs on that one. Fantasy standings here for following the Indianapolis road course here. Going to read from bottom to top here. B None 3 is in 14th. Smoking Woody, 13th. Sassy K is in 12th. Grocery Gator 6 is 11th. Super Sumo 32 10th. Money Team Moon Rovers is 9th. I am in 8th, which I'm doing better than I thought, but it's just not it. It's just it hasn't been my year. I don't think I'm going to make the playoffs here this year. Maybe I will in 2024. Sports Stove Steve is 7th. TSP Promo D is in six SMR operations, which is pressing has dropped all the way a lot in the ranking. So I don't think he's keeping up with his fantasy things this year. Life must have just gotten that much in the way. He's in fifth S blades, fourth Chuck 83, 84, making a run there. He's climbing up to the endings as quickly as he can. And third Matt camper is in second and DraftKings research lineup. That'd be James two time champion of the league is in first with Four thousand five hundred and five points. That is impressive to say the least. Running consistent all year, but anything could happen in the playoffs. We shall wait and see. And my favorite part of the show, if none of you have ever listened to the show before, is this week in NASCAR where we go back and take an event that's happened this week and bring it to you guys to try to live a little bit of nostalgia here. And by far, in this. This week, we're going all the way back to 2003, which is personally one of my favorite years in NASCAR because it was still Winston Cup. It was still NASCAR. It was great to see, and I enjoyed the 2003 Winston Cup season before they switched over to next hell and Brian France took the reins and drove the ship into the iceberg. That's another episode. It's another story for another episode, as they say. August 17, 2003, Ryan Newman wins the Michigan 400 at Michigan International Speedway. Jimmy Spencer and Kurt Busch fight in the garage after the race. NASCAR suspends Spencer for one week for punching Bush. And that happened August 17th, 2003. And funny story about that. I don't know if I ever said it on this show. And if I have, it's been a while. When I was uh, working on, uh, on working at work as a firefighter, I don't know why I butchered that one, but I did. I met this family and they had kids and, the kids were naturally like, oh, firefighters. And I said, well, you guys want to go see the truck? So we go over and look at the truck. And I always, you know, talk to the kids and do that. But I always ask the parents and the grown-ups, hey, where are you guys from? And they said, we're from North Carolina. What part? And they said, I think Statesville or Morrisville. They said one of the two in, from Iredell County up there. 
I said, oh, I used to live in Mooresville, and we got to talking a little more. And the lady said, yeah, my dad raced NASCAR. And I went, well, who's your dad? And everybody says this. I don't care who it is. If their family member raced NASCAR, they always say, well, you probably won't know who he is. Well, I said, well, you know, try me. And, and she said, Jamie Spencer is Jamie Spencer's daughter. And she went, and I was just so elated. I was like, oh, no way, Mr. Excitement. And I brought up that incident. It's like, man, that must have been crazy with him battling Kurt Busch all the time and punching him in the face. And she goes, <laughs> and she said, that wasn't fun for our family. I said, okay, right there. I'll leave it alone. It was a funny story. It was nice meeting them. And if they're finding a chance to listen to it, let, just know that I haven't forgotten about you guys. And hope you guys had a safe trip back. And that is it for this week's episode of Rambling About Race. And again, Next week will be Blind Spotting NASCAR podcast turn. They'll be reviewing the Watkins Glen races from this weekend, as well as previewing the biggest race, I dare say, in the year, the Daytona Fall Race in the cutoff for the playoffs. Should be a fun race. Make sure to go listen to those guys. They bring a lot of good insight in, and they say a lot of truth. Some things I don't agree with. If you agree with everything, it wouldn't be fun, in my opinion. But go listen to those guys next week. We'll be following the next week reviewing Daytona and getting you guys ready for the Lady in Back Labor Day weekend Southern 500, which unfortunately I will not be able to attend this year because my wife and I are going to the mountains. And that's okay. I'd rather spend time with the wife and baby than go to the NASCAR race because I know one day the baby will be old enough to go to the NASCAR race with me and it'll be awesome. But, folks, I have nothing else for you. And with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on this episode of Rambling About Racing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate the support for the show. Again, rate the show on your podcast platform and leave us a review. We read them all. We really would appreciate it. Make sure to follow Rambling About Racing on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for the latest and greatest in the world of auto racing and to see what's going on in our lives as well. We'd like to thank our sponsors for the show, Stand Up to Cancer, Fanatics, Extreme Sim Racing, and Devos Outdoor Lighting for all they do, not only for us here at Rambling About Racing, but for what they do for Belly Up Sports as well. For Preston Lude, one day he'll be back. P underscore Luda. I'm Matt Beamer, Beamer 22 both of those on Twitter. Stay safe, and we'll see you following Daytona. Have a safe week, and enjoy blind spotting next weekend.